0: Welcome back to the Portal Podcast, the newest edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports, and I'm your host here on the Portal. Today is January 18th, 2023, and that means the first window for the 2022-2023 transfer portal cycle has closed. That means your team is done for now seeing its players enter the Portal. For now, there's another, there's another window that will open – after spring football, but for now we've got uh, guys starting to shut their uh, ideas of moving on to different different opportunities down and, and transitioning into spring football. But in all, we have seen 1,833 players put their name in the portal since the window opened up. Almost 2,000 football players in college football have put their name in the portal. That's up from 896 players in 2020 and up from fourteen hundred and twenty-seven players in twenty twenty-one. That's up twenty-eight percent from last year. So this trend, we're watching it continually grow and grow and get bigger and bigger each year. And and this has been the biggest year yet. So this is just a part of college football now. It's something that we're going to watch continue to to move on in the in the in the foreseeable future. And and the thing is, is, is you really don't see guys automatically have a spot to go a lot of the times. Only 54% of new, of players enroll at a new school. So half of the guys that put their names into the transfer portal don't even end up playing football at another school again. This year, 918 out of the 1,833 players have found a new school. That's right at around 50%. So we really are seeing lots of guys inadvertently end their football careers. And so this is something it's, – it's risky, and, and we're just going to see – more and more of it as as the years go on unless something changes, I do think that the transfer portal window was a good idea. I think that will help uh, kind of alleviate some emotional decisions so you know hopefully that helps moving forward, but we really just have to get used to it unfortunately this is part of the part of the game, and uh, you're definitely gonna have to see players um, really dig in or look elsewhere for opportunities and I do think that. We are in the midst of seeing name, image, and likeness play a huge role in that. They really need to be separated, but there's no way of doing that. You've kind of let the proverbial toothpaste out of the tube. So we're just going to have to see how the NCAA and and, uh, its schools try to find ways to have guidelines set up so that those two things don't coincide and essentially give us a free market without any sort of contractual obligations from players, which is kind of what we're seeing right now. Given that, there is almost this new trend where you don't necessarily have to win on the recruiting trail at high school because you can do it in the transfer portal. You can be a winner or a loser, and that's what we're going to cover today. Transfer portal winners and losers. With this being the last day of the first cycle, I figured it was a good time to just look and see across the country who are some of the biggest winners and who are some of the biggest losers in college football. My first team, my first winner. Colorado Buffaloes coach prime is in Colorado. He brought his Louis Vuitton baggage his, and he has brought a lot more than that into Boulder, uh, including his son, Shadur Sanders, who has nearly 7,000 passing yards and 70 touchdowns under his belt. So he's an immediate upgrade at quarterback for Colorado. Colorado was awful this year. I don't see that. I don't see talent being an issue next year. I think that there are a lot of guys that, that prime is bringing in, uh, Carmani McLean has been looking at, at Colorado. He's your number one defensive back in this class. He's currently verbally committed to Miami, but he hasn't signed yet. So that'll be something to watch over the next couple of weeks. You have the number one defensive back and number one player from last year's class and Travis Hunter following prime over to Colorado. Um, After playing for him at Jackson State, so that's a huge addition. They go out and get one of the best wide receivers in the transfer portal in South Florida receiver Jimmy Horn. That's a guy that you're going to see make plays for for Colorado. I just think, just real quick, I, I think that Deion Sanders being at Colorado just gives them this. This new dynamic that that you haven't had in a while—they have this confidence that you wouldn't expect for a one or two win team coming in from last year. Like there's going to be confidence when they step onto the field, and they have a tough schedule to start out. They got to open up the year against TCU, but I think that we can see Colorado maybe push itself into being a bowl team maybe with some of this transfer talent coming in. You have one of the better offensive linemen in the transfer portal out of Kent State with Savion Washington. Uh, He only allowed two sacks in 12 games this last season, so that's a great addition. You've got Western Michigan edge player Marshawn Nealan comes in. Clemson linebacker Levante Bentley comes in. One of West Virginia's top edge players, Taj Alston, comes in. He had seven sacks in the last two seasons. Miles Flusher. Safety from Arkansas. He's coming to Colorado. These are guys that they're stacking talent that they haven't had for the last couple of years, and it's all because of Deion Sanders at the head coach. So we'll see kind of what they can do with that. But you've got players from all over the country coming to Colorado. Kids from Michigan, kids from Ole Miss, from Kentucky, from Florida. I mean, these are there's guys all over this roster that have true SEC top end talent big 10 talent big 12 talent that is that is going to boulder to play for coach prime so big winner big big winner is is colorado another big winner oklahoma sooners oklahoma six and seven in year one under brent venables and it was quickly apparent that the roster at least on the defensive side of the football was not where it needed to be for what brent venables wanted to do in norman well he is doing his part to change that. They have added several key contributors on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, top name that jumps off the list to me is Desan McCullough. He's a freshman All-American from Indiana, 6'5, 230 pounds, can fly for his size, and is almost perfectly cut out to be this player that we've seen Brent Venables have in his in his defenses. Uh, back, you know, even the times he had with Oklahoma before, but also at Clemson, Isaiah Simmons is a guy that uh, he that McCall has kind of drawn some reviews to. Just in terms of size and speed, he's got a long way to go to develop before he becomes that style of player who's you know now an All Pro in the NFL. But we we do see some flashes of things from McCullough that's exciting. He Has forty nine tackles, six and a half tackles for loss. And four sacks in ten games last year. He's a number three transfer in the twenty twenty three class. So it's you know this is somebody that Oklahoma didn't have a kind of guy that he they didn't have this year. He goes out and gets him. All ACC defensive end Rondell Bothroyd is headed to Oklahoma out of Wake Forest. He has thirty and a half tackles for loss, sixteen and a half sacks, and four forced fumbles in his time with the Demon Deacons. That's a huge addition for Oklahoma. They go out and get Texas Tech safety Reggie Pearson, who if you are a fan of either of these teams. You saw Reggie Pearson knock Dylan Gabriel out of the game against Texas Tech. You also saw him put, lay the wood on Eric Gray in that game. It's a guy that runs downhill an aggressive, experienced safety, somebody that Oklahoma can really, really use in the back end of the defense. That's a big addition. They go north and just, oh, this has to irk some people, but defensive end Trace Ford from Oklahoma State, he's headed to Norman uh you know that's another in-state guy that you really were hoping Oklahoma could snag and and they did um, that's that's a big addition they, they also grab a couple of defensive tackles uh Jacob Lacey out of Notre Dame and then Texas State's Devon Sears both of those guys were heavily coveted, coveted in the transfer portal they both end up in Norman uh Oklahoma welcomes back Austin Stogner uh, at tight end which was a position of need for them they also Go out and get Walter Rouse, uh, who has 39 starts at left tackle for for Stanford under his belt, and then they also grabbed Andrew L. Anthony, uh, one of the more coveted receivers out of the transfer portal for Michigan. So, Oklahoma's retooling their roster after a, a six and seven year. Uh, they lost. They were 0 and five in one score games. There wasn't really that much probably talent needed to be added to the team other than just guys that fit schemes that that Venables is wanting to run differently. And I think that you see Oklahoma as one of the bigger winners in the transfer portal as far. Uh, Certainly have some guys there that are going to make a difference for them going into next next season at positions of need. Florida State is another big winner for me. Probably their biggest addition is Brandon Fisk, a Western Michigan defensive lineman who – Pretty much had his pick of wherever he wanted out of the portal. Um, several other programs wanted him, but he chose he chose Florida State. He had 58 tackles for or 58 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, and six sacks this past season. Uh, somebody that you, you know, you saw Jared Verst come in in the 2022 class and make a difference for for Florida State at Albany. This is another guy that you should see paired with him with verse coming into next season. And you, and you suddenly have a really scary defensive front for, for Florida state who was also, was already pretty good there. Um, They also added Miami defensive tackle transfer, Darren uh, Darrell Jackson, who's only a sophomore. So these are guys you're, you're starting to stack up some guys um, on Florida state's defensive front who are quite honestly terrifying for, for ACC offenses to have to deal with. So, and then in the back end, they go out and get uh, Fentrell Cypress, who is the number eight transfer uh, according to ESPN from Virginia. He broke up over forty-five percent of the passes that came his way in twenty twenty-two. That's incredible. I mean, he he is a lockdown corner. He gives Florida State a guy that that locks off one side of the field. Florida State's really starting to build this roster into uh, you know something that you really could see push Clemson. And and I say that. Even though Clemson just de- definitely upgraded with the offensive coordinator position, I-, I like Florida State early on here. You know, it's a, there's a long way to go, but Florida State, what they've done in the transfer portal has been great. They also had Jeremiah Byers out of UTEP. He started all 12 games for the minors in 2022. They get six foot seven, 250 pound tight end Kyle Morlock, uh, who had offers from Auburn, Wisconsin, LSU, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. He decided to be a Seminole. And then you also get Jaheim Bell out of South Carolina, who's just a freakish athlete, another tight end. So they got two big targets coming in uh, to, to help Jordan Travis in 2023. Florida State's they're looking good, and they've built a really really good roster in the transfer portal. And uh, I would not be surprised if they end up being one of the bigger winners whenever everything is said and done uh, after spring. LSU, LSU is my my final winner of, of tonight. And first of all. Let's talk about Jaden Daniels, transferred in last season from Arizona State, has turned things around in a big way in Baton Rouge. I think that if he can continue to build upon his season in 2022, LSU could be really good in the SEC next year. I'm just telling you that that is not somebody to be messed around with. I think Brian Kelly has a a serious turnaround in Baton Rouge happening right now and. There are definitely some promising signs coming out of the Swamp, and I think the LSU has got some promising things coming in this year as well. Uh, Arizona defensive lineman Paris Shand, who's got 23 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and two and a half sacks this past season, is somebody that LSU really could use. They got him. They also landed a couple of defensive linemen, uh West Virginia transfer Jordan Jefferson, and Oregon transfer Braden Swinson, uh, al- along with Florida Transfer or sorry, Oregon Transfer Braden Swenson and Florida Transfer Jalen Lee. All of those guys have at least three years of experience. And they're coming into LSU for a season or two and it'll be difference makers. They will be big time difference makers for the Tigers in 2023 moving forward. So um, they're really starting to rebuild a roster that was reminiscent, you know, maybe not quite as talented on the top end as they were in 2019, but we are seeing them start to build talent in the in the important areas. Defensive line, obviously, being one of those. And they also add some defensive backs. Zy Alexander comes in from Southeastern, and they also add freshman Denver Harris from Texas A and M, who's a former five star. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, former five star uh, cornerback out of Texas A and M. Alexander is an F, was an FCS All-American. He had nine interceptions over the last two seasons. Uh, and then you saw Harris get some playing time at, uh, in college station and recorded 14 tackles and defended a, a few passes in just five games this year. So another good addition for LSU. And then they also go out and get Alabama wide receiver Aaron Anderson, who's the number eight wide receiver in the class of 2022, a guy that has length has some size has some speed guys that can really make a difference and go up and get the football for you uh, if, if you're LSU it's a big get I I really just like LSU had confidence coming in uh, to the offseason after their huge win over Alabama and I and I just I like where Brian Kelly is building things there he, he is he is somewhere that he can take what he did at Notre Dame apply it and then multiply it because of the talent that you have in the Louisiana area and, you know, in bordering states like Texas. I think that you just have a talent pool there that he can pull from, and LSU is is not only doing that, but they're also doing it in the transfer portal. So big time, big time gets for LSU. So you've got Oklahoma, Florida State, Colorado, and LSU, my four winners. Let's cover the losers. Let's go to the opposite side. My first one, and and this is an obvious if you followed anything this off season thus far. Texas A&M they had the number one overall class in twenty twenty two. They went five and seven, and they really had nothing to show for it after that class that they signed. It was the best off. It was the best recruiting class in college football history. Nothing to show for it. Five and seven, missed a bowl game. They now have twenty eight players in the transfer portal, which is the most for any FBS program in the country. But the shocking part of it is that of those 28 players, 13 of them are from the 2021 or 2022 classes. So not only are they losing talented players, they're losing players for the future, young players that are supposed to be the guys that they build upon for the years to come. Those guys are leaving. Haynes King, former ESPN 300 recruit, he's gone. That's a big loss at that, that quarterback. I mean, that, that's a position that you cannot afford to lose. And you go out, He he's a former four-star guy. You lose him. Huge loss. LJ Johnson, another former four-star guy. Gone. Four-star. Chris, Chris Marshall, gone. Denver Harris, five-star guy. Gone. There are talented guys from Texas A&M, from every position group that have left And the worst part about all of it is, is you've lost 28 guys and you've only added two. There are only two incoming transfers as of January 18th for Texas A&M. North Carolina defensive back Tony Grimes, Florida State safety Sam McCall. Yes, two big guys in the transfer portal. uh, Two guys that were rated as uh, four and five stars coming in from high school, but two and 28 does not equate. That's not a positive thing for Texas A&M. And the worst part about it is, is if you don't like how Jimbo Fisher is doing things, you've probably got quite a few years of that left before you get to see anything change because he's locked in for a while. His buyout is massive. He's not going anywhere. Next loser, Oklahoma State. Cowboys have had 19 players enter the transfer portal since it opened December 5th. The obvious one is Spencer Sanders, which we still don't know where he's ended. He's going to end up. But he's a four-year starter at quarterback. That's a big loss. You lose your leading rusher and Dominique Richardson. Okay, you lose four of your five leading receivers, Bryson Green, Braylon Presley, John Paul Richardson, and Stephon Johnson are all gone. Those guys combined for almost 2,200 yards in 2022. Okay, you lose your... Um, you lose your starting defensive end. You know, albeit he he had some injury issues, but Trace Ford's gone. That's eight and a half sacks out the window. Mason Cobb, your leading tackler this last season, gone. Starting cornerback Jabar Muhammad's gone. Starting safety Thomas Harper is gone. A key guy that played on on special teams and in, and uh, on the defense was a was a role player. Kenyon Williams at safety, he's gone. Okay, so you're seeing you're seeing a trend here. They they've added some good pieces. They have added some good pieces. Um, Oklahoma State's went out and got several guys that they really needed. Uh, Elijah Collins from from Michigan State, a running back. They they move on for from Sean Tyler, uh, who committed shortly then decommitted. So they go out and get Elijah Collins at running back. You get Arlen Bruce, a former four-star wide receiver from Iowa. Leon Johnson, a promising guy, 6'5, 207. He's a Division three player uh, from from the northeast part of uh, sorry from the northwest part of the country. He comes in. Alan Bowman at quarterback does help you. Uh, that that's a good that's a good pivot. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Alan Bowman and Spencer Sanders are the same. Uh, they're not the same level of athlete. It's, it's just not the same thing. Um, but but it's a good addition. I'm concerned with where this roster is at for Oklahoma State. I am. I you know I I think that there are there are some promising pieces coming in. You do like some of the guys that they've went out and gotten the transfer portal. Uh You get a couple of guys from TU from Tulsa, um, and Anthony Goodlow and Justin Wright, but they have lost a lot. And, and I'm not saying that Mike Gunny's not able to overcome this. He is. He you know he's he's one of the highest paid. Uh, coaches in the country and for a reason you know they he has been a consistent successful coach at Oklahoma State and he will continue to be that if he can get through this I think he can overcome one bad transfer portal cycle but it has been a bad one for Oklahoma State my next loser is Florida Uh, they've lost 17 four stars and one five star to the portal several of which of those were key contributors you've got uh, safety Kamar Wilcoxon, you've got edge rusher Lloyd Summerall, safety Donovan McMillan, linebacker Chief Borders, linebacker David Reese. I mean, these are guys that have started double digit games for the Gators and they're gone. And, and Billy Napier, they the staff there has brought in a couple of guys. They brought in Graham Mertz. They've they've brought in Louisville defensive lineman, Caleb Banks. You know, they've brought in a couple of transfers, but that is so many guys to try and overcome in one in one season and they've lost. The problem is, is, is I said 17, four stars and and one five star. You've lost a total of 26 guys in the part in the portal since the beginning of November. So not, not a good look for for the Gators. They do have a top 10 recruiting class coming in. So that's going to help, but definitely not the position you want to be in. if, If you're the Gators, Arkansas, another sec team. Uh, this is, this is my final loser of the night. Um, the transfer portal's been good uh for for the Hogs recently, but not not in twenty twenty three. They lost they lost safety Jalen Catalan. You lose Warren Thompson and Kentron Jackson, you lose tight end Trey Knox, Marcus Henderson's gone, and then your backup quarterback who's supposed to be the quarterback in the future, Millie Hornsby, he leaves, and you're kind of left wondering where do they go from here? Um, th- there are some pieces returning. You have Raheem Sanders coming back. You have KJ Jefferson coming back. But your your offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles just left for for TCU, who we'll touch on in a bit. Um, you also have a couple of guys that um you you lose your top four wide receivers, uh, whether it be to the transfer portal or to the draft, and and you do add a couple of pieces and like like Al Walcott out of Baylor, Tyrone Broden out of uh out of bowling green is a is a big target guys that can help you but i just think arkansas has lost way more uh than they have gained and anytime that you see 29 players into the portal it's just not a good thing and and arkansas has lost quite a bit so um and i'll have i have one bonus a bonus loser if you will and that's anybody who thought tcu was going to be just a one-off show in 2022 TCU is capitalizing on the year that they had. Yes, it wasn't what they wanted in the national championship game, but you go out and you add guys from SEC schools like Avery Helm, four-star cornerback out of Florida. JoJo Earl, a four-star wide receiver out of Alabama. Jack Beck, a four-star wide receiver out of LSU. Tommy Brockermeyer and Trey Sanders, two five-star guys out of Alabama and you add John Paul Richardson, who was a successful wide receiver at Oklahoma State, and then you get Ricky D'Abru out of uh, Eastern Carolina today, you're really starting to stack some guys that, that have some talent that can be difference makers for you in 2023 and moving forward. TCU may not make it to a college football playoff in 2023, but they definitely will be contenders in the Big 12 moving forward. I don't think they're going anywhere under Sonny Dykes. So anybody else, anybody who thought the TCU was was one and done after, uh, after this year, you are my bonus loser for the night. That about does it for us here. I thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate you. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.